Welcome to the Fearless Business Podcast, sharing with you the business behind running a business. We're your hosts, Jamie Lieberman and Mary Clavier. Each week, we'll be bringing you great guests, insights from our experiences, and a behind-the-scenes look at all the topics you may be afraid to tackle in your business, but shouldn't be. So sit back, get comfy, and let's get started. Welcome to episode 98 of the Fearless Business Podcast. This is Mary, and I'm here with my co-host, Jamie. Hey, Jamie. I want everyone to know that Mary, this is Mary's, I think, third try. Third. Third time's a charm. Third time's a charm. But she has an excuse. Mary ran a super successful local event yesterday. Insert applause. Please, Don. Um, It was awesome. I was lucky enough to attend. So Mary's a little tongue-tied today. (laughs) I am. I like... There really is like event fatigue after. That's oh, true. it's real. Yeah, it's real. Reentry is hard. Yeah, it's hard. It's yeah. a, you're just busy with a lot of things, so much adrenaline, and then just after you kind of crash. Yeah, but there's the one. I feel like the topic, our today's topic, really ties into your event for like a lot yeah. of reasons. Um, and so, well, I feel like we need to sort of probably say what the topic is. Yes. <laughs> Um, but I want to talk about your event because it was, it was really fun and I loved it. Yes. Okay. So the topic is authentic marketing, but, um, how it relates, it really relates to the event because, well, it's taken me a little time to come to this point, right? Between different types of event and different types of work that I've done over the years. But, um, it really events for me, I mean, I just love people. You know, I love people. I love being around people. So even though events seem sometimes like hectic to prepare, like it's really the space where I'm really like at my best, really in flow. Well, I think it's so interesting because the the way that our guest is approaching marketing is based on personality types. Um, And so uh, Mary does the interview, but she and I actually had a chance to talk quite a bit about it. And I find it so interesting watching because Mary and I, as as our, a lot of our listeners know, have known each other for quite some time. And we've traveled this sort of entrepreneurial journey together, like in many levels. I mean, I met Mary before yeah. she even left her full-time job. Right. And when Mary met me, I was definitely still figuring out what hashtag Google was even going to look like or whether right. it's going to be full-time. Right. Um, so we've walked that path and it's been interesting to watch you try to figure out based on your personality type, truly like the easiest way and the yes. best way for you to market the, the services that you want to provide to people. And I've watched your internal struggle a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It must be so interesting to see from like the outside. Yeah. I <laughs> think we all me, fight it though. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. I because mean, there's- I, I had a big old argument with Don yesterday because he said that I should be on YouTube and I was like, I hate video. And he's like, you're an idiot. And I was like, well, I um, hate video. So we certainly fight our, right. what we're likely supposed to be doing. Right. Well, I was going to say, based on our personality size. Yeah. It's what you resist because even for me for a while, like while doing larger events, I mean, it was like feeling you know, it feels uncomfortable or there's a lot of moving pieces that you have to, you know, plan for and everything. And, but I mean, it's the same for you. Look, you're great at speaking. You're great being in front of people. People. That's my issue. Right. So like, I am very similar to you. We actually discovered Mary and I have almost the exact same 
Myers-Briggs personality type, which is so interesting. Yeah, my energy comes from other people. So why video is a struggle for me is because I don't get that energy. So I sort of feel like I'm talking into an abyss. I would rather talk to a room of people where I can get that energy from them, see, sort of know what they're interested in, know that it's connecting and, and hitting home. And a lot of people prefer to do video because they don't like that right that connection or that's not what gives them energy not that they don't like it um and so I find it so cool watching you sort of finally step into that those live events which you do so well um and you love doing and so it's been really neat to watch that flourish yeah thanks yeah it was super fun I had so much fun doing it and this is the first time that I really I mean talking about marketing and strategies I used it as a way to open membership for the Transitions Collective membership community. Yay. Doors are open. Doors Doors are are open. open. I'm a member. Uh, Jamie's a member and she's amazing and the group is awesome. And it's not just local. We have lots of people from different parts of the country. You can totally, we do do local stuff, but we also do virtual stuff and the virtual stuff is good. It's good. Yeah. And we have also, technically we're international because we have someone in Canada and Europe. Yeah. Dana just moved. So it's you, Dana, but you're our European representation. Now. I love it. The international <laughs> um, transitions. Yeah. I love yeah, it. It's great. Um, but yeah, so it's a, it's just an amazing community. And I found that having this event yesterday, so bringing mom entrepreneurs together and just the, the collaboration and the connection that happens with people. I mean, it's, it's what I love, right? So it's a, I will tell everyone about it. So the membership community is for moms building businesses from the ground up, and it's a way to have resources and accountability and collaboration while you're building and growing and scaling your business because everyone can build businesses alone, but they shouldn't have to. That's, I totally agree. And I managed to alienate like three people with my unsolicited (laughs) advice (laughs) at the event yesterday. I'm like, can I... Can I challenge you a little bit? <laughs> and I see everybody's face. They're like, oh, no, it goes. was great. No, no. One she of actually, them one of them was great. One of them emailed me actually. Oh, uh, really? That's was amazing. Like, Can I get that resource you were talking about? I'm like, yes. No, it's true because that's what other people are there for. It's to yeah. like show yes. the mirror or shine a light or, you know, whatever the situation and, and give feedback and do those things because it, it helps. I mean, it's hard to get is, out of your own way. Yes. Yes. And you need other people to help you. You have helped me many a time on that. Yeah, sometimes that is some tough love. Yeah. No, it was it was great. It was really such a success. Like every, I met some some new people I hadn't even ever met before. Yeah, it was a it was a really sort of fun exercise to go through and sort of think about, you know, because we focused on like 2020 goals and the way that you walked everybody through that exercise was yeah. pretty helpful. Um, forcing us to kind of focus on one. Um, it was good. And it was good. I met a bunch of new people I'd never met before. I love to see people. See? So happy. See? There you go. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. Good. I'm super glad. I'm excited to hear this interview. Um, Yes. 
I had never taken a personality test before until I recently uh, joined the board of directors of a nonprofit. Yay! Oh, we didn't well, announce that before. Uh, yes. No, we're for gonna, an amazing yeah. organization. Yeah, Insert gonna... more music, Don. Don, we need lots of music today. <laughs> I think we're going to have to do like a whole other intro outro on this, but I, I yeah. am a member of the national board of directors of the Cupcake Girls, which is a nonprofit that is focused on providing resources and um, assistance to anybody who is affected by sex, domestic sex trafficking or sexual abuse. Um, people working in the sex industry um, are frequently that. So I actually flew out to Las Vegas and I attended the AVN, uh, which is the Adult Video Network Awards, uh, because the Cupcake Girls offer outreach there. So I went and I had, um, I went to a meeting of the board of directors, but to become part of the board of directors, I had to go through a whole bunch of things, including background checks and all this interviews. But one of them was a personality test. <laughs> and so, so this I is why we finally know what JB is. Yes, I know <laughs> what I am now. Um, and I even know my Enneagram number, which I had never even I don't, known about I, before. Yeah, yeah. I did that one. Yeah. So I'm going to be, I'm going to find this interview particularly interesting because now I have, I know the letters. <laughs> yes. You can embrace it. It's oh. really, it's really fascinating because it's true when you, so, so Brit and we'll get to the interview in a second and I'll introduce Brit, but when you're working through like what's comfortable to you, I mean, things just flow so much better. You yeah. know, when you, when you know what, when you embrace who you are, right? And that's part of the whole entrepreneurial journey, I feel like, is like learning more about yourself. Yeah. But it makes a big difference. Yeah, because it doesn't feel like market. It does. I mean, you know, I think a lot yeah. of people think marketing and sales, they automatically think like sleazy. Yeah. And so when you do it from a place that fits you and is true to you, it doesn't right. feel that way anymore. It just sort right. of feels like you're giving information and the people who resonate with that information are like, yeah, you're a fit for me. Um, it's exactly. not really selling. I've never in all the years that I've um, owned hashtag legal, I've never felt like I was selling. I'm just yeah. sort of saying like, this is what we do. And if we work for you, that's awesome. Um, if yeah. we don't, you know, maybe we could find someone that does. Uh, or some other service that you may need instead of ours. And we're really honest about it. And so I feel like that, and it it's possible that we've just sort of been doing it without even realizing it because it's just what yeah. felt right. So I'm right, definitely right, excited. Right. You should, I'd love to hear, you should definitely talk about, um, give our, our guests bio so we can get on yes. to the interview. Britt Colo is the creator of the Marketing Personality Type Framework at marketingpersonalities.com and the host of Marketing Personalities Podcast. Through her framework designed to match you with your best marketing strategy based on your Myers-Briggs personality type, she's here to shake up your approach to marketing and inspire you to grow your business in a feel-good way. Meet Brit and get ready to go deep, find your true self, and grow that business of yours without feeling fake and salesy. Look at that. And now? That's like literally what we just said. <laughs> I, I know. That's awesome. I did oh, not read reading that. it. No, yeah, you didn't, didn't read. You don't have a copy of it. Yeah. Ah, see, look at that. So, it's amazing. Yeah. So, let's go on to the interview now. Yes. <laughs> Hi, Britt. Welcome to the show. Hey there. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. I'm so excited for you to be here and for us to talk all things personality. Can you give us an overview first of the personality types and and what you do with them? 
There are 16 personality types based on the Myers-Briggs type indicator, which is the indicator that I use at marketingpersonalities.com. I'm not going to go through all 16. We do not have that much time. And uh, (laughs) um, 15 out of the 16 that I would deliver, the the listener would be like, yeah, I don't care about that. I just care about mine. (laughs) So, um, but I... I can explain for those of for those listeners who aren't familiar with Myers-Briggs or maybe you've heard of it, but you're not really sure like what that really means. Um, what we're talking about are the types with your four letters. When you take the assessment for Myers-Briggs, you end up getting four letters as your result. And so, for instance, my four letters are E, N, F, and J. And you've probably heard people say, oh, yeah, my personality type is... INTP or um, like you you told me early earlier, Mary, you're ESFJ. So that's what we're talking about when we're talking these personality types. And of course, there are so many other personality type assessments. I've chosen to use Myers-Briggs. So that's what we're talking about. And, um, you know, I can, what I'd love to do is break down what those letters actually mean, because as the listener, um, if you know your letters, this can start to, if you know nothing other than your letters, this can start to be your first kind of step into knowing yourself a little bit more. And really, it's funny because personality types are, are really not, they often don't really tell you anything new. They simply hold up a mirror in front of you and show you things about yourself that you knew, but you may, might not have had language for or might not have honored because you thought maybe that's a little weird or nobody else is like that. So I'm just going to kind of sh- put that in the shadow. And then you realize, oh, like everyone with my personality type has that too. It's not that weird. It's totally okay. So Right, right. Oh, I love so that. Yeah, yeah, so that'll be fun. Okay, yes, that's great. Let's talk about the letters then. So the first letter of your personality type is either an I or an E. I stands for introvert and E stands for extrovert. Now, this one is one that typically most people know. And it's also the one that has the most misconceptions around it. And so the way that I like to explain the differences between these two is it's not about how shy you are. It's not about how much you like or dislike people. It's really more about how sensitive you are to external stimuli. So that makes it very much more sciencey than I think a lot of um, <laughs> people like to make it. But it's it's really how naturally sensitive you are to what's going on around you. And so introverts tend to be naturally more sensitive than extroverts. And therefore, dumb, or how we see this come out externally is that introverts, because they are more sensitive, they don't need external stim- stimuli to um, to energize them, they already have enough going on. And so you'll see introverts maybe retreat a little bit from high energy, uh, lots of like loud external stimulation. On the flip side, extroverts are not as sensitive to external stimuli. And so they might go and seek that out to give them energy. Right. So that's like that's me. the preference there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Me too. I'm definitely, I'm definitely an E. <laughs> Me too. (laughs) Um, And then the second letter is either an N or an S. N stands for intuitive and S stands for observant. And what that means is um, the intuitive types prefer to pay attention more to their internal cues rather than external cues. And then on the flip side, observant types prefer to pay attention to cues going on externally rather than look at what's going on internally. And I should just kind of say this about 
all of the preferences. I use the word preferences on purpose. They're truly preferences. And it's not like just because you are an N and intuitive doesn't mean that you aren't sometimes observant. And it definitely doesn't mean that if you're observant, that S second letter, that doesn't mean that you don't have intuition. No, no, no. <laughs> um, it's it's just more about how our, our human experience has shaped what we prefer, one or the other. And sometimes it's on a sliding scale. And so sometimes we can have a situation where we don't really act as ourselves um, for whatever reason. And that's okay because it is a sliding scale. That's the second letter. The third letter is either an F or a T. F stands for feeling. T stands for thinking. And this letter really um, points to where we prefer to make our decisions from. So feeling types prefer to make our decisions from feelings. That's you and I. And then thinking types prefer to make their decisions based on things that they can, quote unquote, wrap their mind around, right? So data, analytics, logic. Okay. And then the fourth letter is either a J or a P. The J stands for judging and P stands for perceiving. Now, I just said the word judging and some pe- some people will be like, "Wait, does that mean all Js are judgmental?" No, I didn't I didn't say judgmental, a very different word. What I mean by judging, I, I actually wish that this word was discerning cuz that's really what we're, what this is about. J types, judging types, tend to be more discerning. They prefer closure and structure over flexibility and openness. And so judging types tend to make decisions a bit quicker and see things a bit more black and white rather than gray. And then on the flip side, we have perceiving types who prefer to leave things open. They don't want to miss out on a great opportunity. And so they remain flexible and open to all the possibilities. And within that, typically perceiving types take a little longer to make decisions. And when they do make decisions, they might waffle a bit just because they like to keep their options open. So those are the four letters. And so hopefully as a listener, if you if you know your type, you heard a little bit of yourself in there. And if you don't know your type, you know, you can you can go find that out pretty easily and then and then come back and think, oh yeah, that is that is totally me. <laughs> yeah. It's really it's really eye opening. It's really like enlightening to see because it just kind of confirms or like you said, it's a mirror and it shows you kind of more about you, you know? Yeah, that's great. Okay, so you do something very unique and specific in that you teach people how to market based on their personality type. I'd like to give everyone, if you could give everyone a little background in how you came to do that, because I think it's really interesting to to know for people to understand and to feel why this is something that's really important. Before I even found marketing, I don't have a degree in marketing. I didn't go to school for it. I actually got a degree in kinesiology, <laughs> which is not marketing. Um, and, but I I was um, I was hired by a great company as a wellness coach in, um, right out of right out of college. And in that company, I I eventually found my found my place in the marketing department and it was very windy. I mean, early 20s, you don't know what you want to do. You don't see your own skill set. And a lot of those skills are just potential skills and not actual. So it was a windy road. You know, what I what I found was that even in the marketing role that I had in the company that I worked for, you know, I had followed all the rules and I had done everything that I thought I should do to have a quote unquote good life, right? I I should get A's, so I got A's. I should go to college, so I went to college. I should get a good job, so I got a good job, right? And I, and I followed that and I realized over time and then all all at once it seemed like it was it was a weird weird time but i realized that living my life out of all the shoulds got me a 
good job with an okay salary and a life that I just really was not lit up about. And so I was on this, this own, my own personal journey when I realized that living out of these shoulds, what I, what people thought I should do, or even what I thought I should do was not working for me. And so I had kind of like this awakening. I love awakening. And, and through that, <laughs> oh, don't we all, I mean, they're hard, but they're so beautiful. So beautiful. You're right. <laughs> And one of the things that came out of that wake up call was that I quit my job and I decided, you know what, I, I'm good at this marketing thing. I've really found what I'm awesome at and what I love. I wonder if it was very much a hypothesis. I wonder if since I've done this really well for the company I've been working for, I wonder if I could do this for other companies. I bet I could. And so I quit my job and I started a marketing agency. And so I was doing marketing for other companies and I was contracting work out and building a small team and, and getting that off the ground. And then about a year into that, I found the world of coaching and consulting rather than doing all the things. I was really finding my skill and my foothold in strategy. And that felt awesome. And remember, at this point, I'm really being intentional about not living out of what I should do and more out of what I, what I, in my, in my ENFJ language, it's going to sound a little different for everybody, but for me, it was about what I felt like my calling was. And so I, I move over into kind of like this consulting coaching focus. It was going really, really well. And, and then I start noticing this pattern as I'm working with several different clients at once. I start noticing that some piece of it, pieces of advice that I would give one client, she would love. She'd be like, oh my gosh, best idea ever. I can't wait to put this into play. And then I would give a similar piece of advice because it was, you know, whatever industry standard, what people were doing, I could see how it could strategically work out, right? I give this I give this advice to a, a different client and she would lean out, lean back and be like, ooh. I don't know. And you could just, I could watch her. Yeah. I could watch her just kind of put up the shield and not want to do what I was advising her to do. And so I started asking questions. And again, out of this lens of, wait, my job is not to put shoulds on you. Like my job is not to say to this client who doesn't want to, for instance, like host a webinar. My job is not to make her host a webinar if she doesn't want to, right? Like that's, I'm not here to put shoulds on you. And so I picked up on this pattern, kept seeing it be something, didn't know what it was, and then started hypothesizing around, could it be personality type? Because prior to this, I had always been interested in in personality type assessments. And I had always known mine. It was just kind of like a side interest that I had read about and followed since I was in high school, really. It never seemed like something I wanted to study like professionally, but it was always something that was there and part of my language and part of what I was interested in. And that's with that background, that's it was one day, it was kind of like huge light bulb. Wait a second. I think this has to do with personality type. This this difference in what people want to do with their marketing. I picked up on it. I, I long story short, built the framework. So all 16 personality types matched up with their the 16 different best marketing strategies and tested it out tested it a lot <laughs> and kept getting the same response back. Like, oh my gosh, how did you know that? And yes, you were so on the ball with this. 
you have to get this out to more people. Like I just kept hearing this and hearing this and hearing this. And then eventually marketingpersonalities.com was born. <laughs> that is so cool. That I mean, kudos to you for, for figuring that out and kind of finding your way to that over time. Like that's especially when you're in it. I feel like it's not easy to see those kinds of things. You know, it's great that you were able to kind of see it and go with it. Okay, so so what are some of the common mistakes you would see people make with marketing in their business? Well, and I think this is these these mistakes are you can I they can be seen as mistakes and they can also just be for me, I see them as they've just infiltrated how marketing is thought to be done, right? Just overall, traditionally and less traditionally online, there are still all of these assumptions and thoughts of like, well, this is how it's done. This is what you do. And uh, again, I'm over the shoulds. I think we're all really over the shoulds if we're being honest with ourselves. One of the things that I see is the sheer overwhelm and getting caught up in all of the marketing ideas or strategies or tactics and thinking like, and at no fault of their own, these people thinking that, oh, like I have to be doing all of that. I mean, I have, I mean, I have to be on all the socials. I got to be blogging. I should probably think about doing a podcast. I should probably be on YouTube. I need to be reaching out to my people every other day. I really got to figure out email campaign. Like it, it just goes on and on and on. And it's this thought that we have to be doing all of it or else we will fail. That's a mistake. Also, another thing that I see people doing that can so quickly and easily guide them down the wrong path is this phenomenon that I call the guru on the mountaintop. And it's this, you know, especially as a as a new business owner or someone who's maybe side hustling and thinking about like, could I really take this full time? And you're kind of dabbling in the beginning and you start paying attention to these people who seem like they know so much more than you at this stage, right? And so you're you're looking up to these people who've gone before you. You're looking at, I mean, and, and it kind of just depends on what circle you're in. So some circles like basically worship Amy Porterfield and some circles basically worship Marie I thought Marie of her Forley too. Or like, whatever. Yeah, like the circles of, right, right. Or like, I need a course. So yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And we and we all we've all done this. I do this. And then I have some people, you know, now reaching out to me looking to me because they think I have all the answers. And I'm like, ooh, I mean, I get it. And I appreciate that. But also, let's be really careful to not get too fanatical about any of these guru, quote unquote, gurus, because, you know, they can teach us so much. They can also lead us down a path that wasn't actually made for us because if they're showing us what they've done, well, they could be a different personality type from you. While they've a lot, it's worked really well for them, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to work really well for you. And the more we go, we have more and more really, really successful online entrepreneurs or, or people in your space that are super successful. And what they're doing right now with a team of 20 isn't necessarily uh, aligned with what you can do with a team of one or two or three. And even if you could do all of those things, it still might not match up with your personality type. So those two things, you know, that just the sheer overwhelm feeling like you have to do all the things and then following someone who might not actually be aligned with your own personality type. Those two things can really get us on on shaky ground, feeling like, hey, we don't want to market things at all because it just feels too overwhelming. And then it just kind of leaves us vacant feeling 
feeling fake and salesy. And that's the worst. That's exactly why marketing personalities was born in the first place. Because I knew like fake and salesy marketing is not going to work. That is not marketing that works. Not at all. (laughs) Yeah, you're totally right. What about what are your thoughts about when people so social media can be overwhelming, but when people say, okay, well, I need to meet my audience where they are. How does that play into this situation? (laughs) Oh, This is the best question because this is one of the main objections that I hear from people. So I I like to talk about this as much as possible just to, to handle that objection right up front. So the common conversation around marketing is figure out who your ideal client or customer is and figure out where they're showing up, what they want to hear and go be there, be where your client, your ideal client or customer is, tell them what they want to hear, show up like they want you to show up. And here's, here's where I stand on that. Knowing who your ideal client is or asking those questions. Okay. Who is my ideal client? Who do I most want to work with? That's not a bad question. I just think it's a bad first question because you could identify who your ideal client is, or at least who you think it is. Right. And you could build an entire marketing strategy. Sure, yes, a social media strategy, but an entire marketing strategy where you're showing up on social, how you show up in email, what your lead magnet is. You could set up this whole thing based on who you think your ideal client is. And at the end of the day, you could end up creating a strategy that doesn't feel good for you. And that is crucial. You have to feel good as the implementer and integrator of your marketing strategy. Because if you can't, if you create this beautiful strategy, it looks great on paper, great on your screen, and it makes, you know, logical sense, that's all well and good. But if you struggle to show up in that strategy feeling good, your ideal client isn't going to love that energy you're bringing. And that that really brings us to what's at the heart of marketing personalities and, and why it exists. Our motto or mantra, if you will, is when I feel good, my audience feels good. And it's because that's true. If you can show up feeling good, your audience is going to naturally lean in. They're going to pick up on that feel good energy and say, hey, I kind of like her. I think I can kind of trust her. I want to kind of see what she's doing over here. And that's marketing 101, right? Know, like, and trust. So when you show up with that feel good energy, it's easier for your audience to trust you. On the flip side, when you show up not feeling good, kind of feeling a little fake, a little salesy, kind of like you should be here, but you don't really want to be here, your audience is going to pick up on that energy too, right? They're going to lean out. They're going to say, I don't, I don't know. Like, I mean, you're saying all the right stuff and I don't, I don't really know if I can trust you and they don't buy. And so if you're developing with the original question, I swear I haven't forgotten, um, <laughs> with the original question of what about building a social media strategy based on yeah, where they are. It's not a bad question. It's just a bad first question. Let's first find out where you as the business owner, as the actual person that has to show up on that social media platform, let's see what platform feels best to you and what kind of content feels best for you to create and share. Let's ask those questions first and then let's see how if and when that matches up with who you think your ideal client is because then you can actually show up feeling good and then the audience is actually going to respond to that in a in a great way. Yeah. I love that. You know, and I've I've kind of felt myself over time you know, figuring some of this out, right? Because I've hosted events or done other things and it's a lot of trial and error. And I love that the way that you have this set up and how you talk about it, it actually, for me, I has found, 
I have found it's been confirming for me in some of the things that I do, which is super exciting because then you don't get frustrated. I used to always think I just, oh, I'm terrible at marketing. I don't like it. It's awful. Like, that's it, you know, and I just don't want to do it. But now, like, I mean, I'm having an event later this week, actually, an in-person event, and I'm super excited about it because I'm like, it's going to be so much fun. And because I, I mean, it's the E in me, I guess, right? But like, I'm, I want to see people and I get energized by doing things with people. So it's really interesting to hear you say that. Right. Yeah. I, I've heard from people, you know, seasoned entrepreneurs have been in the game over a decade even and have gotten their marketing personality type results and have said to me, wow, if I could have gotten this even two two years ago, let alone 10 years ago, I could have saved myself so much time, so much money sometimes too, and so much heartache because all of that trial and error stuff it's an emotional roller coaster it's an energetic it's like it's too it's a lot and it's fine if you've been through that i mean i think we've all been through that and even some people who unfortunately but it's it's true some people you know a uh, little stubborn you know they find out what their marketing personality type is and they don't they don't fully integrate you know integrate it implement it and so they're still doing the things that really aren't aligned and they're wondering why they're still hitting that that wall it's like well you know you really don't need to be doing all this other stuff like you really can pour your best energies into this little 20 percent chunk and get the results you've always been wanting but you know it it takes time to to see that to to really um take hold of that but yeah i'm i'm happy that people are getting to not skip completely, but skip over a lot of the trial and error and just finally step into what has always felt good for them, but for whatever reason might not have, have, you know, trusted or owned or honored before. Well, and you know, I think there's a whole thing around people think things need to be hard, right? So it's like we talk like there's this culture of like things being hard and a hustle and all of that stuff. And it's like, wait a minute. No, it, I mean, like to what you said, when when my audience when I feel good, my audience feels good. It's that kind of thing here, too. Right. It, it shouldn't be hard. It should be the things that come easily to you. Yeah, you said it right there. I mean, that is what I go to battle with every single day is that societal thought that is just ingrained, just so ingrained in so many of us thinking that unless it's hard, unless I have to push myself and like force this thing to work, it's not, the results aren't, aren't really worthy. I mean, I could go on and on about how flawed, A, how flawed that thought process is and where the beginnings of that thought process really came into play. Cause I'm a huge nerd about that kind of stuff. And man, if, Oh, it's just it we're so over that. Like it is 2020, y'all. And and we can we can actually step into who we are. We actually are and be only that because being only that is all you'll ever actually need to be. That's it. Like let's just do that because I I'm pretty sure that's that's the better world. When we step into who we actually are and we shed the pieces that aren't us. That's the better world than the one that I think a lot of us are kind of creating. Uh, not consciously, I don't think the one built on hustle and hardship and grind, grind, grind. That just, it's nah, I I'm over that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> That's why I'm really glad I have your book now. Yeah, <laughs> because now I can like focus even more. Okay. So actually 
I'm thinking it's maybe putting you on the spot a little bit, but I'm thinking we could probably talk about my type in a little more detail and maybe some of the things I could share with you some of the things I've learned and you can kind of talk about what that means with my personality type. Does that sound yeah, good? Yeah, sure. I would love to hear what, yeah, what has stood out for for you as you've discovered marketing personalities and discovered what your best marketing strategy is. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think this will be fun. And then people can, I don't know, get to, get to know me more through my personality. Um, okay, so I'm the ESFJ. So if you want to just run through again those letters, it's it's extrovert. What's the second one? Um, observant. Observant. Ah, okay, good. Feeling yep. and judging, not judgmental. Yep. Right. <laughs> judging, <laughs> also known as discerning. Okay. So yes. we like to say. <laughs> okay. Um, yes. Yeah. So ESFJ. So the ESFJ personality type is known as the console. So each type has a, a little um, kind of name that we like to add on to it because sometimes the letters don't really tell you much, but then the name that we give it does tell you a little bit. So the console, uh, I, I see, and listeners, you can see ESFJs are everybody's friend, genuinely everybody's friend, not the fake everybody's friend that just wants to be seen, but the person who's genuinely there wanting to develop experiences for the people around them that are centered around fun, enjoying friendship opportunities. You can you can usually count on an ESFJ to be finding maybe the the outsider of the group and and welcoming them in, inviting them in so they feel more a part of the main group and you can always count on ESFJs to basically be making friends wherever they go. And then they're not trying to again, like I can't underline that enough. Like they're not trying to do this. This is just naturally who they are. So that is the ESFJ kind of just overall and they also are, uh, they're part of the sentinel tribe of personality types. So if you're, you know, there there are 16 personality types and then four tribes made up of four types. And that this helps, I like to, to speak in the tribe language sometimes just because it helps us kind of categorize uh, the different types, get to know them a little bit better. And so for you as an ESFJ, you're part of the sentinel tribe and all the sentinels have observant and judging preferences in common. And so when those two letters come together, they point to the fact that you are often order driven. You like to have things ordered and organized. I just did a solo episode on processes. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. And in that same vein, you have to start with organization. So anytime you're starting a new project, a business, a um, really anything, even like a, a new work day or a new work week, organization is paramount for you. And this is, I hear this from Sentinel Tribes all the time because I'm constantly trying to remind them that for other types, organization is not a starting point. It's actually, it's like for me, if I start a project through organization, purely organization, I am probably procrastinating. But for you, organization is number one. Like you have to feel, yeah, you have to, you have to feel like your external and internal environments, especially external to say that right now, but You've got to feel like your environments are orderly, organized, 
as templated and systemized as you possibly can. And then when you have that order, that level of order, you can put your absolute best energies into that project or business or whatever you're about to start. So that's a bit more. I think our listeners will agree. And also Jamie, I can't wait to tell her this after because she knows that I'm the planner of the two of us. And, you know, actually for a long time, I kind of not that I fought it because I always knew I had to be like that I wanted to be organized and I had I had to have things make sense in my head, which I found was, you know, the way that I organize it. But for a long time, I kind of thought like, am I spending too much time on this? You know, because because I need that upfront before I do anything else. But really, it's just that I need it. I, it's not, you know, a quote unquote, like waste of time. It's something for me that's that I found is necessary, especially even with I think that's why for me planning my week and the way I set my calendar and everything, it, I have to do it and it works for me because I, I need that upfront. Otherwise, I feel incredibly lost. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, and I can't do anything other than encourage you to honor that. And meanwhile, other types don't need that as much as, and it's so funny because it, those things that are so integral to our own processes, like for you, order is paramount. For me, as an ENFJ, the very, where I need to start is with my why and the mission behind whatever project is going on. If I don't have a clear why, or if I don't remember my clear why, because maybe I, I figured it out in the beginning, but I go to work on that project again and I've kind of just like lost why the heck am I doing this? I, that there's no way I'm going to produce my best work. There's just, and my, my office could be a mess. My, the order that my desktop, things could be cluttered. That's, I don't, that's not going to matter to me at all. I can do my best work cluttered or organized. What, what really it comes down to is my why, my mission and knowing these differences knowing any differences and and honoring them, but especially this one that seems so crucial to the beginning of how we start something as entrepreneurs, as small business owners, this one is one. And I put it in every single thing I ever, all the books, all the reports, as many emails as I can, as many podcast episodes as I can. I put this one in there and remind people that, hey, we all have a different starting point and we don't need to expect everyone to start where we start. We can only, the best thing that we can do is honor where we start our own selves. So yeah, that's, that's so important to know. Yeah. And I do, even whenever I do, so I, I do make templates for my community or even the solo that I did on processes. I made a a template to go with it of how you can set up your processes. I'm very mindful and careful to say, this is what works for me. It might not work for you. And also feel free to adapt it if you want and find hopefully something you can find something from it that would also help you. It just will depend on the person. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. So I think the the biggest thing probably for me to share with you and probably probably our listeners would would like to know this too. But so now I run the Transitions Collective, which is a membership community for mom entrepreneurs. But it's been a few years in the making. And after reading your book, it makes, I mean, the one on my personality type, you know, it makes so much more sense to me because I originally reached out to people 
and I wanted to see who else. So I had been developing my product business, Brief Transitions, on the side with a corporate job. And I wanted to see if other people were kind of going through the same things as me because I I was struggling, you know, to find friends, feeling lonely, like people didn't know what I, you know, they didn't understand or couldn't. Yeah, they just couldn't understand what I was going through. So I reached out and I ended up eventually finding all these new friends and forming a community, a hyper local community of mom entrepreneurs. And it has grown over these last few years to now be a membership community. And I would say the most interesting thing for me, reading your reading in your book and the part about bringing people together and really just wanting everyone. I mean, I'm someone that's always like, I want everyone to be friends and be happy together, you know, and all of those things. Um, I'm like, wow, you know, and obviously I don't regret. It's been a few years in the making and I've learned so much about myself, but it completely relates to all of this and what you just said, because it's really somewhere that I feel really great because I love helping people in that way. And I love having a, you know, a community to to work with and support and just help everyone move farther in their businesses. So I'd say for me, something that, you know, through your book that was really eye-opening was just, wow, it's sitting right there. Like it took me these last few years to realize community is where I'm supposed to be. And there it is. <laughs> so I thought you'd like to know that story. <laughs> that's the coolest thing for me to hear is that the very beginnings of this thing that's eventually become what you're doing now, it started with that hyper-local, hey, let's get together and be a group. Let's let's build, even if it's small, even if there's no, and I don't know, you know, if it was, if you thought it was going to become a business or what, but no way, no. That's why I'm like so surprised. Yeah, <laughs> I had I had 13 people. Yeah, I had 13 women at the first meetup. I mean, I was surprised anyone even showed up. I just kind of said, okay, who wants to get together? And then at the end, they said, okay, when are we doing the next one? And I was like, awesome. You know, this is super fun. So talk about if something is, you know, like really resonating and feels good. Yeah, it was super fun. Right. When I feel good, my audience feels good. When you show up in your as your natural self, you are magnetic. Period. End of story. So why not just be that, right? <laughs> like why not? Why complicate it? Yeah, I I love that. So what are now that you've um gotten your ESFJ uh, full report. Um, and listeners, just FYI, she, I have these, um, I call them full reports and there's 16 of them, one for every personality type. So Mary has her ESFJ, marketing personality type full report. That's what she's referring to here. So now that you've, you've seen that and it's kind of been mirrored back to you, what kind of ideas or even plans have you started pulling together for the future now that you're really, really holding on to that and saying, yeah, that is that is who I am. That is how I best show up. Yeah, you know, in some ways it's interesting because I wonder like, okay, do I feel like this, you know, gave me permission in some way because I'm, I'm seeing it back in the mirror, you know, like, okay, yes, that makes a lot of sense and that's what I've been doing. So it just gives me this extra like boost of confidence to, to go in there and say, okay, this is what I'm doing and I love it and I'm owning it. I think that's, that's like really the first thing and then, and really, yeah, because as someone that, you know, wants to bring everyone together and I'm, I'm concerned about everyone having a great experience and all that kind of stuff, I sometimes leave myself behind. 
in a way. Not that we're going to have this be a whole, you know, big thing on the episode, but and <laughs> everyone's like, okay, no, yeah. So, um, but, for, you know, in my case, I mean, this is, this is now making me more aware of where I am, what I'm doing, how I connect with people. So the fact that I am good meeting with people one-on-one, I am good with having events or, you know, communicating and really building those relationships because I truly do love doing it. Then I'm able to show up in that way even, even more, like really all in, like this is who I am and this is what I'm doing. And, you know, it's not for everybody, but the people that it is for, like they are there with me yes cool right I like what I'm hearing (laughs) yeah yeah isn't that awesome okay so I want everyone else to feel this good when they're doing their marketing strategies So what are so first they should go and do the report if they don't if they don't already know their personality type they should find that out first right you would say that's a step one yeah so the yeah so if you don't know your Myers Briggs personality type or your letters as I like to call them if you don't know your letters um, the best assessment that I like to send people to is at sixteen personalities dot com I do not own that I have no affiliation with that website I just really like how they have their assessment set up and the results that they then give you at the end. So you can dig into so many different pieces of how, you know, what you prefer and how you show up. And I just think they do a really great job. So 16personalities.com is where you can go to find out what your letters are. And if you've taken the Myers-Briggs assessment before and you think you know your letters, but you haven't taken it in a while, or you're kind of guessing on a letter or two, and you're like, I think I'm an ENFJ or whatever. I just, I really encourage you to take the assessment again. Take it when you are feeling very much yourself, very centered, not rushed, not distracted, grab a cup of coffee and just sink in and answer those questions as honestly as you possibly can. And that will then give you the most accurate assessment. So so figure out your letters because if you don't have the right letters, then you come to my website, you're going to have a problem and you're probably not going to like me very much because it, because you're not using the right type. So it's not so, going to feel good. But once you figure out your right? letters, you can, no, it's not. It's going to feel maybe a little close, but not totally. Then once you know your letters, you can come over to marketingpersonalities.com and that's where I will give you a ton of information about your marketing personality type for free. And then eventually you can uh, upgrade to that full report book that Mary's been talking about. And that's where we dig into not only what your best marketing strategy includes, but we dig into the details of what is your best content strategy look like and your best lead magnet and your best social media strategy. So we really go into the depths of that kind of stuff in that full report. So it's all at marketingpersonalities.com. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you, Britt. Oh, I should say, so I was, I'll tell everyone a little story too. I was gifted this this book, this full report by one of my friends, which is amazing. She she was pushing me to take my personality test. I was like, okay, like I'll do it. But why? Like, why do you need it? You know? And then she surprised me with this book. I'm, you know, I'm not um, like paid to say this or anything, but it's amazing. And I've really, really enjoyed it and learned so much more about myself. So I feel like I should tell everyone that too. It's been super fun. Yeah. I'm so, I'm so happy to hear that that's how people are utilizing this now. You know, like that just makes me so happy. (laughs) Yeah, isn't that great? Yeah, it's amazing. I do have one more question that we ask before we close out and everything. One more question for you. What is something that you used to fear in your business, but you don't anymore? Mm, Right, the fearless podcast. Okay, so (laughs) what do I not fear? Uh, I think there's, for me, there was always this 
this, um, that lead up phase to leaving my job was a huge change in my life. And I thought that for a while, I thought that that, I mean, like, that's the biggest change. Like that's what's, that was the biggest change you could possibly invite into your life and you did it and cool. Okay. Now we're, now we're free sailing, right? For that first year, I was like, okay, we're good. All the change. I'm, I'm done with that. Right. And then I, then I pivoted into coaching and consulting, which is a totally different model, really. I mean, it's still service-based, but it's a different model. And then a year or so after that, I completely pivoted, let go of all my coaching income, and I completely pivoted into an, a digital product model, which is bananas. It's so different. Through all of all of those changes and all of those pivots and really, truly, all of those leaps of faith have taught me that it's really not worth my time or energy to fear the upcoming changes because I just know they're coming now. Like I just know that the change is coming. I don't I don't always know. Like right now I'm I don't really know what that is, like what that could be. I know it's that I know it's coming though. Like for sure. I know it's coming. I mean I'm I'm pretty darn sure marketingpersonalities.com is that's my commitment. Like that's for sure, for sure. And then literally like an email could pop into my inbox today and completely blow up my business in a, in a good way. I mean, fingers crossed in a good way. Right. But, but you know, I just, I don't, I don't fear that pivoting, that changing, that tide changing thing anymore, which I think for the first couple of years I did, um, I felt like I was doing something wrong uh, because I was changing and pivoting and, and you know, recommitting and, and that sort of thing. But I realized that that is simply just business and it's simply just life too. So it's okay and I don't need to fret about it anymore. That's an amazing thing to not fear now because most people can't even get past that, really. That's a, that's a big thing for people and a, a big reason why people stay where they are. That's incredibly inspiring. Thank you so much, Britt. So can you please tell everyone where they can find more about you, your website? You have a podcast too. You can mention that too. Please tell everyone. The main place to go, which I'm sure at this point you've listened to this and you're like, okay, just tell me what my best marketing strategy is. Like, please just tell me. <laughs> That's at marketingpersonalities.com. Super easy, super fun. And yes, since you're a podcast listener, you might want to come over and listen to the Marketing Personalities podcast. You can listen to that on any platform that you listen to podcasts on. Super fun. I get to talk to all different personality types and you can listen to the episodes that are just about your type and then about other people and roundup episodes, just lots of stuff going on over there. Very fun. If you want to get a hold of me directly, really the best place to do that is on Instagram. So at Marketing Personalities and send me a DM if you have any questions, any comments, any feedback from this episode. I am always over there. Awesome. Thank you so much, Britt. We'll link everything in the show notes as well so people can easily find you. Thank you so, so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. That was awesome. I, 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 I'm, I'm not going to say I'm converted to personality tests. I won't say that because I can't. But um, I, it, a lot of what you said made, made a lot of sense. Yeah, I know. A year yeah. from now, I'll be like, I'm, I'm in. I'm totally right. right. That's up. That would not well, be authentic. We might need longer than a year. Yeah, I think so too. But a lot of what you said made a lot of sense. Yeah, she's, she's great. She's so, it's so helpful. And for me, I mean, you know, it's been such a journey and I, you know, I said like, it would have been, I don't remember if I told her this on the air or off, but I said, oh, it would have been nice to have this booklet a couple years ago. 
I don't know that you were ready for it though. No, no, I know. Like, you know, like I agree, of course. Not on it was. Yeah. But yeah, no, it, I completely agree in timing for stuff like, like I had to go through those things. Yeah. I, I feel like you have to have a lot of failures. Yeah. We actually posted on the hashtag legal Instagram today. Like what is something you tell your younger self kind of thing? Yeah. Um, which I always like thinking, I always love those questions, but um, yeah, it's just, you gotta be cool with the failures and okay yeah. with like, and yeah. then when you're ready for that information, you'll absorb it. But when, until you're ready for it, it's just like someone's talking at you. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. There it is. My dad used to always tell me that. (laughs) Cute. Yeah. Dad wisdom. Yeah. Hashtag dad wisdom. Yeah. I mean, I have to tell him, dad, listen to this episode. I mentioned it. (laughs) Would your mom and dad know how to listen to a podcast? My mom listens to podcasts. Well, my mom came to the event. Well, yeah. Your mom's so cute, though. She's like kind of technical. It's a little different. Yeah. My family would not know how to. They don't even know what a podcast is. My dad, my dad listens to some podcasts, I think, but he's, he's very into music, but my mom listens to podcasts. My parents yeah. like know how to turn on the radio. <laughs> That's about it. A, a lot of people are like that. Yeah. No, I mean, they're old, they're older, so you forgive them. Yeah. Anyway, we would love to hear your marketing, your personality type. Yes. Are you into personality types? I feel like people are going to get way into And do question. you market? Do you market yourself in a way that's aligned with your personality type? I love that. So find us in the Fearless Business Podcast HQ, which is our Facebook group. Um, You can find us at fearlessbusinesspodcast.com or you can search your groups in Facebook. We would love to have you join and we'd love to hear from you. Uh, Thanks so much. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. We'd love it if you'd subscribe and share this podcast. Reviews are amazing too. Please visit fearlessbusinesspodcast.com for more information. If you'd like to connect with Jamie, visit hashtag legal.com. And if you'd like to connect with Mary, visit thetransitionscollective.com. Thanks so much and we'll see you next time. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.